0: Amen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Yes. Hey. My goodness. Demisha and the worship team, that second song, they preached my message. We can hug each other's neck and go home. Huh. Who are you, Great Mountain? Who are you? We speak to the mountain. It's not a mountain, it's a molehill. Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine, Amen. that you should devour, you could devour our God? Who are you giants that stand in the land that God has promised us? Amen. We're not of the ten that come back and said we're not able. We're of the two of a different spirit. Yes, they say we are able. Yes, we are not disabled. we are very Amen. able. Yes, very yes, able. Not grasshoppers, but you food for us. Amen. Mm. No match. No opposition, no match for the armies of God. The saints of God. Amen. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Very familiar passage of scripture. You know, we're all born sinners, not because we sinned, but because Adam and Eve sinned. And through our genealogy, we come from them. So we're all born sinners, but we can't die sinners. Amen. Jesus told Nicodemus, we must be born again. We must be born again. So we are born again, and we pray everybody uh, is born again. And so we're not spiritually dead and trespassing and sin anymore once we receive Jesus, we are spiritually alive unto God. Amen. We are his son, his daughter, and we are, as we read right here, ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us, himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf Be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the honor to worship you and to stand before you. We give you glory, all the glory and honor, God. You are worthy of our worship, our praise. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask you just to come and and do what you want to do in every heart. Father, and I pray every heart be open this morning and receptive, and Holy Spirit, you have your way in Christ's name. Amen. amen. Be seated. May be seated. As I have surrendered my life to Christ 22 plus years ago, began to walk with him, and, and we don't have to wait till we're five years old after we're born again uh, to start ministering. Uh, he will use us to minister, and he will minister through us from the very beginning. We cannot, as Pastor Johannes told us, we cannot be ignorant of God's promises and what he, um, what he's, what he promised us in the word of who we are and what we can do. Um, during, during my ministry, as he, as he moves with us, Holy Spirit leads us as we minister daily and daily. Uh, God ministers through us. To, to who? To a lost and dying world who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they too can be born again and go about their way as ministers. We minister in the marketplace. All of us are ministers. We minister in the factory. We minister in every aspect of life, in our career, um, in the minute market, at the gas station, at our job, wherever it may be. We are ministers. God uses us. We are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and in some uh, God, Holy Spirit leads us on our journey and walk with the Lord. God leads us to a place, some, not, not many, very few, actually, uh, of a pastor like Apostle Dale, Pastor Dale, you know the pastor here, our pastor, evangelists, prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints, the scripture says, so they may go and do the work of the ministry. So we're all ministers. So we want to honor Apostle Dale today for his work and and being the, the shepherd of us as sheep. We honor him and we give him Praise. We thank you, Father, for you're worthy of all our praise. You know, sometime along the way in your journey through this life, we're going to face obstacles. Hmm. Who are you, Great Mountain? We face mountains, we face giants. God says, Speak to the mountain, it shall be removed. It shall be cast into the sea. Speak to it. Do we know who we are? Do we know the authority and the power that we move in? That's ours. That it's legally and rightfully ours because it has been delegated, given to us from Jesus. Amen. We own it. We possess it. Do we use it? Pastor Johanna said, are we ignorant of it? Have we been in the scripture? Do we know who we are? I promise you this, none of us know who we are until we first realize who Jesus is. We come from Him. We're created in His image, in His likeness. Before Him, we were lost spiritually dead and trespassing in sin like a dog chasing a tail, not knowing what we we're going to be when we grow up. Born again. God removes the spiritual scales from our eyes, and we can see for the first time. We realize, and we, we realize Jesus and who He is, and instantly we know He's the Savior of the world. And then for the first time, I know who I am. I'm the sinner who desperately needs Jesus to come in my heart and come in my life. And then we walk with him. And from that point on, we are victorious in everything. It don't seem sometimes like we're victorious, but we are victorious. Because this is a spiritual Walk all those things that be not as if they were. Amen. Walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. You know, along the way we face mountains, we face giants. Obstacles is what they are. They're obstacles. They're trying to keep us from carrying on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the world needs that gospel just like we have. So our responsibility is to be this minister that... We're speaking of here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we don't need to think that Apostle Dale, Pastor Keith, uh, Pastor Martin, and so on and so on are the only pastors because this is not so at all. We're all pastors. We're all ministers. We all have a ministry. Through my relationship and and allowing God to from an early spiritual age lead me, he led me through my day-to-day ministry just like you have he led me to a ministry called the House of Grace I didn't want to go there Uh, I thought I'd be preaching flying in a jet all over the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and here I am in Adel, Georgia praise God working with some of the hard-headedest men that ever walked the face of the earth I found out and I knew very quickly I was qualified <laughs> because I, too, was a hard-headed rascal. So along the way, uh, God and the, the living water moved and, and, and shaped some of the rough edges off of my life and, and brought me to this place, and, and I'm good there. I can minister to these men, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, drink a glass of milk all at the same time. It's just easy when you, when you get and you go where God's called you. Through our ministry and our relationship with him day to day, he'll lead us into our purpose. And we all want to know what God's purpose is for our life. In Jeremiah 29, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Our God is a God of increase. So from the moment that we receive him as Lord and Savior, we need to expect increase. We learn of who we are. He shows us who we are, his promises. And we begin to understand uh, who we are and what we have. Amen. I would like to, right quick, ask some men from the House of Grace to come up. I want to uh, get them to come up before you. I want to uh, show you these precious men, their hearts, their hearts to, for lives to be changed, leadership, staff, and the men. <clears throat> just stand right there. Yeah, just stand Amen. (laughs) Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. What a handsome group of men, huh? Uh, Some of them we're working on, but you know. Have some group of men. These men have a heart for God. Uh, Men that come to the house of grace, one thing that every man for over 20 years has come to the house of grace, and you and I can surely uh, understand it because we too uh, have this same problem. These men come, and every man that has come has come because their life was out of order. But our God is a God of order. There are places in our life that we're out of order, and God's helping us. These men have a heart and a desire for God. To move in them and to show them what they've never seen before and change their life. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. We have men here that are, are in the House of Grace. We have men that live in the House of Grace who have already completed and worked for the ministry. Uh, Timmy down on the end, he is a staff member. I have Leonard right here who uh, has already graduated. And uh, Ricky, two, two, two doors down, that has graduated and works for the House of Grace. Steve. Uh, right here that runs our, our store in Adel so we have many that have already graduated and there are others too, I'm probably not and there, there's many in the communities miracle after miracle after miracle what God has done and what he's seen what we've seen him do but these men are a blessing and uh, there's three things that we have to be to come to the house of grace we have to be humble we have to be teachable and we have to be patient And that's what we're working on, and that's what these men are. And so we give them uh, honor today, and we thank them for allowing God to work through their (laughs) lives. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Along the way, In our ministry, as God leads us, Holy Spirit leads us through our life. God said He watches over His word to perform it. He confirms His word with signs, wonders, and miracles. He trained the twelve. He taught them. He said, "Speak." He spoke to the fig tree. Next day, they come back. Peter said, "Lord, the tree, the fig tree that you spoke to, that you cursed, is dried up from the roots." He was teaching them. He said, speak to the mountain, it shall be removed. Yes, Face giants. Cast out demons. Go lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. In other words, Jesus was teaching his disciples, he was teaching them that it don't matter what you run up against, you're already victorious. Just go and do, spread the gospel. Do what I've sent you, commissioned you to do. And you're going to see victory. I'm going to confirm it. I'm going to confirm my word with signs, wonders, and miracles. And I believe we all want to see signs, wonders, and miracles through our walk with the Lord. The Bible says that. It promises that. But it said God will confirm his word. God will uh, perform these miracles. So we have to be faithful and we have to go. And as we go, we're going to see. and, and, And people say, we say, maybe, where are the signs? Where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? Why don't we see miracles? How many of you have seen miracles? Everybody, every every hand in the room goes up because hopefully everybody in this room is born again. They're saved. Greatest miracle it's ever been. So we all are familiar with miracles, but that's not the only miracle, that's just the beginning. And we, as we go take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, God is gonna do signs, wonders, and miracles. But we don't seek the signs. We don't seek the miracles. We seek Him. Yes, we seek Him. He is who we after. Paul said, I'm trying to lay hold of Him who first laid hold of me. Yes, and that's our desire. That's our heart is to go and lay hold of Him. Grow in relationship. I thank God uh, for Grace Point. I thank God for using Apostle Dale and his teaching uh, for bringing me out of religion. Out of religion where I went to church. Once I got born again, I went to church and I sing about God. But he brought me out of religion through teaching and understanding. And he brought me into grace. Grace. Now I don't go to church and sing about God. I come to church and sing to him. Amen. World of difference. World of difference. It's never been about religion. The only people that Jesus spoke harsh to, harsh to was religious people, people who were trying to be righteous. He spoke harsh to them. Because it was always about relationship. It's always. In the garden, it was Adam and Eve in a relationship with God. In eternity, when you and I get home, it's going to be about relationship with God. That's what it's all about. And during our relationship, God has commissioned us, like he did his 12, to go and spread his gospel because his heart's desire is that everyone, every child he ever created, spend eternity with him. So we got a job to do. We're all ministers. You're a minister. You could look to one another and say, You are a minister. And a lot of times we don't see signs, wonders, or miracles. We don't see these miracles because we don't step out. We don't step out. We we don't do. We don't lay hands on the sick. When we see Somebody that needs prayer, we don't. We don't pray for. Maybe we've prayed and then we've got hesitant because we haven't seen a miracle when we prayed before. I said, some plant, some watering, but God gives the increase. We got to be faithful. All our responsibility to do is be faithful to what He's told us to do. Miracles, miracles increase our faith. We're very encouraged. We're very excited. And, and we should be excited from day one because the greatest thing that's ever happened to us happened to us at, at salvation. And from that point, our focus, the central point of our life is Him. And from that excitement, Holy Spirit leads us and we, we see opportunities to minister. We're, we're not focused on ourselves anymore. Before we was born again, we was the most selfish people to ever walk, walk the face of the earth. Now, after being born again, we are selfless. It's not about me. God's going to take care of me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. He's going to supply all our needs. One time, I was driving a gas truck for my uncle. I've done it many years in Adel. We went to Albany, picked up fuel in a semi-tanker. Done it for many years growing up. And I actually went to seminary in the front seat of that truck, (laughs) listening to Charles Stanley and many others. And it's about a 60-minute ride, 65-minute ride, so I would get a sermon going, and I would get a sermon coming back. And so that's where I learned a lot. So one day as I was going, I got to Albany. I got out. I filled up my tanker. And I got through, and I put my tools up, and I got back in the truck, and I got back to about Sylvester. And as I was driving, I realized, as I was driving, my ring was gone. But one day, one Saturday, this was my father's ring. It's very sentimental to me. I come home from work, and he was in the he was in the uh, hay field, baling hay. I, I come home and uh, went in to talk to mother. And when I did, she was in the back room, and she was going through her jewelry box and some other precious things. She come across this ring, and she said, you take this ring, and you put it, you, oh, he had a, excuse me. He had a ring very similar to this, but it had five diamonds in it. And she come across it. It was Daddy's Sunday ring. It was Daddy's uh, fancy ring. So she took it. She gave it to me. She said, you go out in the field, and you put this ring on your Daddy's hand, and you get his ring and put it on your hand and that was something that never really, you didn't really want to do that because that wasn't Daddy's character. But I did, and so this ring, when I got back in the truck and I looked, and something, the the ring was missing. So I got on the phone, I called the manager of the uh, terminal, and uh, he looked and looked and looked. He couldn't find it. I was over on the side of the road. I said, well, perhaps uh, the ring has come off in my gloves, as the gloves I was wearing to, to, you know, to... Hooked the hoses up and on the hook. So when you get through, you put you put the hand, you put the hoses, you put the gloves in the in the toolbox. So I I got off the side of the road, looked, and searched through my gloves, looked all through the toolbox. It wasn't there. Couldn't find it anywhere. So I went on home. And days went by, and the ring was lost. The sentimental ring that was my daddy's that was given to me. Couldn't find it. It was lost. It was gone. Week. Ten days later, one night, I was sleeping. Jennifer and I, this is my lovely wife over here. Raise your hand. I forgot to. (laughs) I should have just kept going. I get in trouble for that. (laughs) Um, I woke up one morning, sleeping all kinds of ways with your head over your arms, over your head, and this, that, and other. And I woke up one morning, and when I did, my, my arms was over my head, and I woke up and I felt something in my hand. And as I sat up in the bed, I looked, and this ring that was lost, that was precious to me, was right in the palm of my hand. <laughs> it's amazing. It's stuff only God can do. One time, actually, Grace Point, at the House of Grace, uh, we were in appliance business. We're still in appliance business. That's the main thing that we do. We, we minister to these men. Uh, they come in. They go through different phases and uh, graduate the program. And they go and live their life in, in a normal manner, just like And we're trained. They're men of God. Now they go. Their life is, has been totally changed. And, and they're back in the community. They go back home. And uh, that saves money, they're on their own, they're on their feet. And now they're men of God, and they know how to go and, and live the rest of their life as such. So we have no we have no state or federal funding. And so we have to work. And God's blessed us with several businesses. And, and these businesses, the men and the staff work together every day of the week. And the profit from these businesses is how we take care of the men. And so... It's a blessing, and we all have to work together. Never, never has cost a man that come to the House of Grace anything. No entry fee, no monthly fee. Uh, God's called us to help men at this season of their life that can't help themselves. So we we got to work, and, and, and we're in the appliance business, and we wholesale and retail appliances. We have a store in Adel, a store in Balasta. and we sell used appliances. We go through them top to bottom. We sell them. Scratching den appliances. So if you need a refrigerator, you need to come see us. We're at East End Street in Bout We're on West 4th Street in Adel. So come see us. But uh, what we were doing, we were, we were buying appliances. And so I was having appliances trucked in from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right in the heart of it. And so it would cost money. And and we didn't have any way uh, to get appliances but that. and uh, But y'all, the church, had a trailer. We didn't have no tractor. We didn't have no trailer. We didn't have anything. But the church had a trailer. Pastor Johanna knows, and, and she and I have went through this. The The Pecan Company had given the church a trailer. And Pastor Dale and the church gave the trailer to the House of Grace. So, many, we would deliver stuff to the, to the church. We would ring weed eaters and stuff, and the church would make money, refrigerators. And this went on for a little bit. And we was down here one day, and uh, as we had been many, many weeks, and we pulled up to the back, and I looked over at the, in the parking lot where this trailer was that I'd watched for week after week after week. And as we tried to align one of our friends to, to bring his truck, when he come in one weekend and come get the trailer, and bring it to the house of grace. Well, when I come this, this time, I looked over and the trailer was gone. And that uh, wasn't, right. wasn't right. That was our trailer. That was my trailer. I called Pastor Johanna. I said, Pastor Johanna, uh, what, ha- what happened to the trailer? And she said, Keith, I thought you got it. I said, no, ma'am, I wouldn't get it without talking to you. She said, "So she called the pecan company, and some new, new, uh, new head people had come in, and they looked out there, and they had the thing, and they, they thought it was uh, something they needed to liquidate, so they liquidated it. Well, I wasn't right. Never never laid hold to the to the to the trailer, but it was already ours. It was already ours, and that that wasn't right. It made me ill." And I went to my father and I said, Father, that's our stuff. And the devil has stole our stuff. And I said, and you said in Proverbs 6.31 that if the thief be found out, if he be identified, he must restore seven times that which he's stolen, even if it costs him everything. So I took his bony rear end to the judge of heaven and earth. And I said, Father, now so boldly, but you got to know the scriptures. Thank God I knew the Scripture. Thank God I was familiar with that one anyway. <laughs> and so I told him, I said, Father, he, he stole, he's trespassed. That's our stuff. There's no way all these weeks have went by, and now we come to get it this weekend, and I look over here on Thursday, and it's gone. Ain't no, that's not right. Ain't no way. That's the devil. And I said, So, Father, you said in your word that he must restore, he must pay. And I said, So, here, Father, is what I want. I want the trailer, and I want the tractor that pulls the trailer. Amen. Guess what God did? We got a tractor and a trailer. And you, you, <clears throat> praise God. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Glory to Father. Glory to God. And, and, we went to in and bought it and wrote a check and told him to cash a check tomorrow because I had to go move some money in, in one account, an account I wrote a check on. And, but do you know, when I, I didn't even have to move the money. When we got home the next day, I didn't even have to move the money because suddenly we had enough money in that account to, to pay for it. You could not look in our checkbook and see in any account where, where we had spent any money miraculous. We had a truck and a trailer that, that we petitioned God for. So God watches over his word to perform it. You see these miracles and and uh, things that he does. You are sitting here. You've seen God do miracles. We, we don't you know, we don't see them like we want to. Jennifer and I had a good friend. Uh, her name was Charlene. She got saved one day. A letter to the Lord. Introduced her to Jesus. Jennifer called me the next day, I was at work, it was getting late in the day, and she said, you you need to come on home. I said, why? She said, Charlene's here, and she's going to be baptized today. She doesn't let her know that it's happening today. And now it's getting late in the afternoon. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it when I get home. We'll go baptize. She said she wants to be baptized in the river. And I said, well, makes it a little rougher. we run out of time. And so... I, I come home and we got in the car and we went down uh, to the river and it was getting about dark. And we stepped out in the water and I baptized her real quick in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hoping to goodness I didn't step in no hole. <laughs> and so she, she got saved. She lived years with us. She's a dear friend. But she had an uncle that, that she told us about. I was in a little church. Uh, in, in Glory Land with Pastor Colbert Croft, evangelist. Many of you may know him. Uh, he's gone home to heaven now. Ms. Joyce is still still kicking, still going forward. Uh, Charlene had an uncle in Florida, about central Florida, and she come to us and she said he's got gangrene in his leg and it's still, it's coming up in it, it's still, it's growing, coming up in her leg and his leg in there, they're going to amputate it. If they can't get it turned around, they're going to amputate it. And uh, so, I took a cloth, a napkin, because the Bible says that aprons and napkins was taken from Paul. And miracles happened. So I always have a handkerchief in my pocket. And this was just, it's like a handkerchief. You can buy at JCPenney's or whatever. And so every time that I went to pray that week, I had anointed this cloth with oil. And every time I went to pray, I had, to, I had it with me. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed over that man. And I'm just telling you what I did, okay? And when I got up, I was preaching that Sunday morning. When I got up to preach, this, this napkin was in my breast pocket. Preached at the end of the sermon. End of the service called up. Those that needed prayer and, and Charlene come up. And we prayed and we prayed for our uncle. And we got through and I give her the handkerchief and so she went to Florida, and she went to see her uncle. And they were going to cut, this was Sunday evening, and they were going to cut his leg off Tuesday morning because this gangrene was steadily coming up his leg. So they'd already made plans. Her testimony was that, that she went in, and she laid this on his leg. And he said from the moment the cloth hit his leg was extreme warmth. That's just what he felt. Felt. God moved and God honored his word and the man never did get his leg cut off it was never amputated (laughs) glory he has died since but when he died he died with two legs so God does miracles we do see miracles but we don't have to see miracles that's just what happens as we seek him He's who we seek, as we know. Pray for my uncle one time. My aunt one time, she had, she had been smoking cool filter kings for 25 years. Was in that same gas tanker going to Macon to get a, to get a load of gas. On the way up there, got to the bypass in Macon, the phone rang and uh, said, pray, pray, pray. Aunt Linda's woke up this morning to go to work and she can't breathe. She can't get no air. She's caught. The ambulance is on the way right now. Riding up that road, prayed. For her, and a peace come over, and it's like the Lord just laid in my heart. She's okay. I picked up the phone to tell them that she was okay, uh, and she'd already left to go to work. I so said she was fine. The ambulance she didn't she didn't even get in the ambulance. She went on to work. Her her lungs was healed, and she's never had any lung problems since. She's still alive today. Amen. God answers our prayers. These men's lives that are changed. Myself. Y'all all right? Okay. Just talking about the goodness of the Lord. And the things that we see as we move as ministers. We are his ambassadors. We are an ambassador. As a minister of highest rank sent to a foreign court country to represent there his sovereign uh, country. So God has planted us here in the earth. This earth is not our home, thank God. We're going home one day. But while we're here, we represent him. An ambassador is someone, an official in a foreign country who uh, speaks and represents uh, from his home country. Uh, An ambassador to Australia, when he speaks, he's speaking of the President of the United States. He's speaking the same word, same thing. You and I are ambassadors. We're here in this country. We're here in this land for a short season. And when we talk, we're speaking for him. When we go and we minister, he watches over what we say. We speak his word. We're his ambassadors. In my life, in my personal life, you know when you face mountains, you face giants, this opposition, like I said, um, a year and a half after looking at, are the mountains greater than us? They may seem like it. We, we think we're looking at a mountain. It's an impossible situation. And, uh, but really, we need to look like this. Talk to the mountain because it's way beneath us. Talk to the situation. Cancer, die. I command you to die. And be eliminated out of her body. You know when you speak that, you know what happens? Cancer dies. dies. That's mine and your responsibilities as ministers to go and allow God to heal people through me and you. Well, we don't get so excited when we do that and people, we don't see them get healed. But we have the power of death and life in our tongue. When we speak death to the cancer, it dies. Jesus told us that when he spoke to the fig tree and it dried up from the root. So when I speak as an ambassador, I'm speaking from him with the authority that he's given me and you, with the power that he's delegated to me and you. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, and now I give it to you. I'm going home. He said, go and wait to Jerusalem till you're endued with power on, on, on high. He walked to earth as, after he's resurrected for 40 days. And he said, go to Jerusalem. And when the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, finally come. Pentecost means 50. So they went to the upper room. They waited 10 days and they were endued. The Holy Spirit came. They were endued with power from on high. He said, now I give you. Now Peter that had denied Jesus three times before a teenage lady, teenage girl, didn't have, he was scared. Jesus then uh, crucified, buried, resurrected he gets to the point to where he said, go and wait, you're doing power, doing power on high. Now Peter, this same Peter that denied Jesus, is suddenly stands up and said, this is he. They said, these men are drunk. And he said, no, these men are not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. This is that which was spoken by the prophet. And he stood up and he preached Jesus. And when he did, 3,000 souls were saved. He was endued with power. We have the power. We have the authority. What we say goes. The power of death and life are in our tongue. Sweet and bitter water ought not to come out of the same well. Granddaddy said if it wasn't in the well, son, it wouldn't come out in the spigot. It wouldn't come up in the bucket. We need to know who we are. Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten who we are? Have we forgotten what he's done already in our lives? That's what he asked me. This this message come. That's what he laid on my heart. Have you forgotten? Let me, let me tell you what, it's, it's two weeks, one week and then another week. And, and I, I, he laid on my heart three words both times, three words. But you can write a chapter in a book off three words when God gives it to you. He asked me one time the first week, he said, have you quit? Have I quit? And instantly I knew what he was talking about. Have you quit the ministry? Have you quit me? I said, no, sir. I have I quit? No, sir, I'm, I'm at the House of Grace. I've been there 20 years. I'm, I'm, I'm ministering. I'm, I'm taking care of the men. I'm doing all that you put before me to do. But see, what, what had happened was, and what I realized right then, suddenly he was asking me, yeah, you're doing that, but have you quit ministering daily? Have you quit going out and, and laying your hands on the sick people? Have, when a situation uh, comes in front of you, do you move as a minister, as my son, as my servant, as my representative? No, You. you what, truth was Keith had got complacent. Keith had sat down. Keith had been through some situations. I come here uh, four years ago, five years ago this August, Jennifer and I, uh, God brought us here, planned us here, and... Uh, then two years I got in a wreck a couple of years ago. And battling back and getting back through the wreck, you know, I'm supposed to be up here worshiping, I meant praying with this, praying with this ministry team. But I was coming, I was in a wheelchair. You know, didn't want to roll up the wheelchair and come up here. Uh, but now for two years I've been able. So God expects me to be up here. But I was being, I was sitting in a chair, standing in a chair. I wasn't moving, I wasn't doing what God had uh, moved me and, and instructed me to do. I wasn't going out of my way. I wasn't doing anything. I'd relink, I really—I wasn't doing any funerals. I wasn't doing any weddings. I had just set to the place in my heart that I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm going I'm to take care of the men. I'm going to do my best to care for the men at the House of Grace. And, and that's what God's called me to do. That's what I'm going to do. Anything outside of that, I, I wouldn't do it. I was making excuses for. God said, "Have you quit?" I said, uh, "I said, no, sir. I guess so. If you've asked me have I quit, I guess I pretty well have." And so I told God that day. I, I said, "Lord, I said, I'll from this point on, I'll do anything that you put before me to do. If if you open up a opportunity for me, I will." I will do it. I will embrace it, and I will do it. I've ministered one time in five years before today. Probably standing here a little rusty. Pray that you don't hear me, you hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you don't need to hear Keith. We don't need to hear Keith. We need to hear God. And, and I'm just a vessel. Vessels are all there. They come. Here's a vessel. Could be a, a glass, could be a plastic bottle, could be a coffee mug. Me and your vessels. What's important it's what's in the vessel, yes, what flows through the vessel, the living water. I said, so I told God, I said, I, I'll, I'll go forward, I'll do, uh, just a few days. Apostle Dale said, uh, I would like for you to preach for me in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be out of town on June the 2nd. I embraced him. I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. I'll do it. Be glad to. I didn 't I promise God what I'd do. you know I'd much rather sit over there and possibly be here and me listen to him. I've learned so much from him through the years. In my personal life, Jennifer and I were headed to church. One Sunday morning, we, we went to church in Cornerstone for 14 years. Uh, one morning, we was headed out. I' had already been diagnosed with, can- with an uncurable disease. Uh, for a year and a half after I started walking with the Lord, after after I got saved. A year and a half. And now the doctor tells me that I've I've got incurable disease. There's no cure for it. And I'm like that a a semi trader. I said, Ain't no way that's right. I've done lived like hell all my life and now God saved me. Huh? That ain't no way. That ain't right. That ain't ain't nothing to that. But you can't deny, when you go to the doctor and they draw the blood out of your arm, they send it to the lab and it comes back and whatever it says is what the doctor presents to you. And it said, incurable disease, we don't have a cure for it. What was it? It really doesn't matter. It was my fault. I did it. It was hepatitis C. No cure. Now they have some drugs they say cures it. Back then, you know, they didn't have anything. So I didn't stand up in front of the doctor and I said, no, I don't receive that. I ain't, you know. Why? Because what the doctor was saying was what actually happened. And what was happening was that was an attack of the enemy. It didn't matter if it was my fault. It didn't matter if I'm the one that done the drugs, put the needle in on. It's my fault. But that, that doesn't matter. The, the, the facts were that I had been attacked by the enemy and, and now I can contracted hepatitis C and that's what he does he comes steal kill and destroy why because he don't want his ministers to go forth and spread the gospel and the world be saved and so he tries to steal kill and destroy us he tries to hinder us mountains giants so I kept on walking with the Lord kept on marching forward everything I was like nobody everything I would say I I would speak to hepatitis C and I tell it to die and get out of my body. Went on, went on, declared that, believed that, never got on a computer and, and, and laid out my funeral and how I wanted it to be and what songs I wanted to sing. Never even thought that. Never even, wouldn't even go there. Speak, speak to the fig tree and walk on. Walk on, yeah, keep ministering, keep doing what, I, what we called to do and walk on. So on this morning, we go in the Cornerstone, just uh, another morning. Uh, we left our house, and about three miles out of the house, uh, I just blacked out driving the, the truck. And we went off the road, had a wreck, and uh, put Jennifer in the hospital with several surgeries, put me in the hospital with several surgeries, and, uh, and I needed a liver transplant because this disease had attacked my liver and I was near the point of death. So we had all the had all the uh God 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 healed us through all that, used the doctors, used the medicine, and then was in Piedmont Hospital and uh needed a liver and a liver they said they had a match and they was flying it in to Piedmont and they get this organ in, they they look at it and they make sure this match for it's gonna work, it's the right size and all this. And they were flying it in. The surgeon looked at my mother and said, if this liver is not a match, if this liver won't work, we don't have time enough to fly another one in here. he would be gone. Nor is this 24 hours away, probably from death. Uh, the liver come. God heal me through the liver, through the doctor. Doctor, absolute genius. And uh, so we went on. We went on. What a miracle! Um, we went on. Through that, God taught me, and I got to I got to hurry up. Through that, God taught me uh, to speak. That what you say is so. Don't speak anything but life. If you speak death to something, you. You speak death like the fig tree. You speak death to the cancer. You speak death to the hepatitis C. You speak, and what you speak, what you say goes. He said one place, he said, Behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Talking to his disciples. How, whatever you bind in earth is binding; Whatever you loose on earth, loose in heaven. I read that many times. I was like wrinkled up forehead. I'm reading, studying. Read it many times. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And one time, after being there many times, the Holy Spirit just laid on my heart. He said, Whatever you say, Goes. In other words, whatever you say, if you say and it's lined up with heaven, it's happening. You are my ambassadors. You have authority. So where was I? He taught me through all this to speak. Uh, he taught me when the doctor presented me with the diagnosis that that was a fact. That was a fact. The, the enemy had attacked me. That was a fact. But there, nobody's ever convicted on a fact. There's something greater than a fact. The, the facts are brought into the courtroom. And what the judge is looking for is is, is the truth. And the, and the person is either acquitted huh, or arrested based on the truth. The, the facts point to the truth. The facts was the enemy had attacked me through this disease. But the, the truth was... Um, By his stripes, I was healed. So, declare it. Thank you, Lord. So, so what do we do? Do we go by the doctor's report? No, we go by the great physician's report. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how big the giant is. And so, he taught me all through this. And now I have the opportunity to teach these men. Have the opportunity this morning to stand before you. What am I doing? I'm a minister of the gospel. Finally, had another wreck two years ago. Uh, I was leaving Sparks, going to our store in Austin, I was on 75 in a Chevrolet t- in a Chevrolet truck. I do a commercial for a Chevrolet. They're tough trucks. <laughs> I, I probably they say had a seizure. Uh, went into the median, hit the guardrail, slid to the guardrail on the mall exit, and just as center as you can hit that's concrete support. At 70, 75 miles an hour, I hit it and flatlined at the scene. They got me in the, in the ambulance, carried me to the hospital, flatlined at South Georgia Medical Center. They put me in the helicopter, flying me to Shands, flatlined in the helicopter. Got to the Shands. They done all kinds of, they, they, the doctor told, told Jennifer, said, don't give him any chance to live. They done sur- surgery after surgery after surgery. I would wake up five le- five weeks later, find out what had happened, and uh, the, the, the chief surgeon he said uh, he will never walk. He never walk again. So I stayed there. I was in rehab two more weeks. Come home in a wheelchair, and and uh, but you see what God's done this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. So, what what am I saying? I'm encouraging us this morning that we're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God won't do. If he done it for me, he'll do it for anybody. If he works through me, he works through us all. We're all, we all have the authority of heaven. We all have the power. Huh? There's nothing under heaven, no demon, nothing under heaven that's more powerful than you, than a born-again man or woman of God, because they are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. So if, if the mountain seems big, if the mountain looks big, if they say you'll not live, if they say you'll never walk again, what do you do? You are a minister of the gospel. We go and we press forward. Why it a righteous man fall seven times and gets back up? Just old saying, just keep trucking. We we just keep going. Go till we can't go no more. That's that's what we do. That's who we are. Like I said before, we go and lay hands on the sick, we don't see the healing. We lose faith a little bit. We lose excitement a little bit. We we try to move according to the scriptures and what God's commissioned us as disciples to do, and and we don't see. What the Bible says and the promises of God says, we'll see. The Lord, I prayed. I prayed for my aunt. I was actually a pastor, my aunt and uncle, and uh, kind of like a home pastor. And they didn't go to church at the time, but they did after we got going. And But my, my aunt was diagnosed with cancer. And... Uh, and so I prayed my best prayer. We, we, we studied all the time. I was over there and, and just believing God, you know, doing what the Bible says. Lay hands on the sick. speak to the cancer. Well, guess what? She, she passed. She's already home. She passed. I said, Father, I'm not going to ask you why. I'm not going to ask you why. I'm past that. But I knew I'd prayed my best prayer. I knew that I had done everything that I had knew, known to do. And the Holy Spirit just laid on my heart one day as the family was preparing and going to have a funeral and I was preparing to, to uh, speak. And they were mourning. And the Holy Spirit just laid on my heart. And it's like Father said, Son, you do what I've commissioned you to do. You do. Pray for them. You do. You go forth. He said, it's, you're not the only factor. They have to receive it as well. So mine and your responsibility is to go. We're to go and do what God's commissioned his sons and daughters, his disciples to do. And, that's, and, and if, if we, we will see it, we've talked about many things God has done God has done through Apostle Dale's ministry. We've seen eyes healed. We've seen uh, rods and screws removed. Ankles healed. A little finger is healed. You know, and that and that's just the small things. There's many things God has done through His through His ministry. But in um, it doesn't matter if we see it or not. Our responsibility is to go and do the work of the ministry. Sometimes we'll see it. God's going to confirm his word with signs and wonders. We're going to see miracles, but that's okay. Even if we don't, we keep on going. That's our part. You're ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're as much a minister as anybody else in the world. That's what we are. That's what we do. And we have all confidence. We need to have all assurance that what we say goes. That heaven backs us up. We're speaking for heaven. We're representing God in the earth. And we have the ability, the power, the authority, and nothing, the Bible said, God promised, Jesus said, nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing. What What are we saying? Exactly what the worship team said this morning. We win. We've already won. Amen. Amen. Stand on your feet, if you will. Uh, ministry team comes and... Uh, these men and women of God, they're, they're mighty women and men of God. They're here uh, to pray. It doesn't matter what your mountain seems, what you're facing today. It doesn't matter what giant it is. If is. First of all, if you're not born again, if you've never received Jesus Christ, please come. Come and surrender your life, your heart. That's the most important thing. Any way this message goes out, surrender your life. That's the most important decision you'll ever make to receive Jesus your Lord and say whatever you're facing it may seem larger in life it may be something that speaks death it's not too big it's not a mountain it's a molehill in this earth that we look at it it it, it may be a mountain but in the spirit where you and I operate it's a molehill so if if you're facing that anything in your life this morning just step out and come these men and women of God, they know who they are. They know the authority and the power that they move in. And your mountain will be removed because God said it will. So as you come, and the rest of the congregation, as you get ready to depart, uh, we just ask you to come. Father, I pray uh, that uh, you would move on every heart, God. Uh, any, any person in this room, God, that, uh, I pray that you would move through their heart, that they would step out. They would come because, it, God, is sure your privilege to see them delivered, to see them healed, to see the mountains move, the giants defeated and killed. So Father, I pray that they would come forth right now. And we give you glory and honor and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed this morning. Thank you. Praise God.